some technical difficulties. Not so. even tech. <laughs> no, let's be honest. Like the yeah. fans deserve to know the truth. What ended up happening is, is that one of my pl- one of the players for our game is not here. We're about to start this new arc, and I kind of need everyone here. So we decided that after some conversation off camera and during our fireside chat episode, we've come to learn that Echo here is the only person who has no experience when it comes to wrestling and professional wrestling entertainment. So we thought that tonight would be a good episode to school him a little bit and also just to introduce him into the cult that is professional wrestling. Let me put it this way. The closest thing that I had to professional wrestling in my my life was some action fingers that I saw once at at my cousin's place. They, they were great people. They're the ones who got me down the whole anime pipeline by letting me watch Full Metal Alchemist when I was ten. Not wise, not a good choice, but hey, that's how you have me and my weird characters. Thank you. So what we decided to do is that the four, I guess we could call ourselves veterans of being fans of professional wrestling. Like, we're going to school Echo when it comes to certain things. So, I don't know where to begin with all this, but... I think I think one one place I would... That person I say we should begin would be... Because I remember sending a meme in the chat earlier with uh, one of the managers in... Uh, 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 yes. WWE. And I thought, um, since he is playing a manager class or gimmick in Friday Night Fights, uh, we should <laughs> probably explain what is going on in that, not just that clip, but also managers in general from, from professional wrestling and the kind of shit to get into. <laughs> oh man, that's just gonna lead us into a whole plethora. So, Welcome to the Rapid Bowl, everyone. <laughs> if you take, if you take, if you take this, Phil, you can go on. Maybe watch the next episode of this podcast, and not have to worry about this. But, but. <laughs> nah, you should stick around and listen to this because, <laughs> or, or, or you can stay and hear me get so confused. Listen, that is okay, and I think it's. I think this is going to be a good episode too, because this also explains why I wanted to run Friday night. Well, no, why I wanted to. I got to remember, Friday Night Fights is the name of the podcast, not the name of the actual tabletop <laughs> RPG. Worldwide so, Wrestling. Worldwide Wrestling. This is going to explain why I wanted to run it so much, because I'm very passionate when it comes to my professional wrestling. But I guess it's a good point. So, Echo, you are playing a manager character. So, yep. as the name suggests, that's essentially what it is, is that managers in the world of professional wrestling, especially in the more modern sense of it, they're usually the mouthpiece for whoever they're representing as their quote unquote client. I yeah. person, the hype man, if you will. In a, in a business aspect for the behind the scenes thing, a lot of times managers are very good on the mic and the wrestlers aren't, but they look good in the ring. So it's like, oh, how do we make this work? Put about the older that knows how to talk. So, yeah, so the manager fills out all kinds of roles. Basically, the whole thing of Star Wars where, hey, Senator Bail Organa knows how to talk. Let him talk the peace talks and the humanitarian efforts. Even though we all want it, just let him speak on it. Oh, he got shot? Well, we're all 
fucked, I guess. <laughs> and and in that clip that I sent you, I I don't believe I don't believe that was aired, but you see him actually yelling to another fan uh, at I should say at another fan who is wearing a a rival college shirt to what yeah. his school went to. Yeah. And, yeah. and and that's the kind of interactions and fun that managers tend to have because they tend to be on the floor during matches. They tend to stay on the floor. So it, that was actually just fucking hilarious. <laughs> my, my whole t-shirt can stick actually makes sense. I mean... Listen, we're playing a game using our imagination, yeah, so I mean, I mean yeah. it's a running gag, and we're okay well, with it. Right. But usually, managers don't necessarily really interfere, unless now I'm, I'm putting an asterisk. There are some managers that will help their client win by like being a distraction or the good old throw the championship belt into the ring. And I'm gonna let the adjunct professor Adolfo give his theory on this matter now back in back in my day when i was watching wwe when it was wwf we had managers like mr fuji uh the mouth of the south jimmy hart uh uh you had um and they were they were iconic and they they did just that where they didn't interfere per se Oh, and the lovely Elizabeth. We can't forget the lovely Elizabeth, right? But they they didn't interfere per se, um, but they they were a presence outside of the ring, and they they weren't athletic at all. But they were a presence, and they were charismatic to the point that whomever was wrestling against their uh, their wrestler, they because of their charisma, they would pull that attention of that wrestler so that their wrestler could, could get, uh, some, you know, some shots in also, the most devastating move in all professional wrestling. The surprise me a lot. I mean, like the amount of time that, uh, macho man, Randy Savage, who, have, you know, of course I've homage to uh, the macho, the macho mage is a homage to 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 the macho man Randy Savage, but the amounts of time that he used the lovely Elizabeth as like his ploy to like see, gank his uh you know his opponent is like you can't count them, you can't count them because it happened all the time, especially when it came to George the Animal Steel, and they did that whole storyline where George the Animal Steel was just like running after Elizabeth and oh yeah that was good, but also um. Managers would also um, they would also uh, 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 direct the um, the the not the shtick, um, but the the theme, I guess you could say. Yeah, I'm going to say shtick. They would oftentimes also direct the shtick that the wrestler is going with. For example, when The Undertaker first came out, The Undertaker never talked. That's why he had Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer would show up and he had the urn and he'd be like, and the Undertaker would just like show up, you know, like out of dark, out of the darkness. Um, which again, like Mach the Macho Mage, that's something I, I try to pattern after is some of that uh, shtick, some of that theat theatricality uh, that that they did back then. Um, so 
and they really they really played off of that whole like like the Undertaker is not a human being thing. And yeah. go ahead. The Undertaker, the most protected character in all professional wrestling, spent twenty five plus years being an undead zombie. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Being controlled by Paul. lightning power. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And he also Bear. had a little stint as the American Badass Biker Undertaker. I actually like that stint. I, I actually like that Undertaker a lot. But, you know, people okay. gave me one that. of my favorite ladder matches between him and Jeff Hardy, but continue. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. As we're the phases. Talking, lightning powers? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, you yeah. shoot lightning, you appear at the center of the ring. Yep. It was fantastic. And the urn, and the urn. Paul Bearer would carry an urn, and that was the Undertaker's power. And there was like the whole. Yep, there was this whole storyline when like the urn was stolen, and Undertaker lost his powers. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. (laughs) Classic WWE. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry that my mind of the lightning powers, but did they or did they let did. The Trans-Siberian Orchestra just let him borrow the Tesla for that. I, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> there was lightning coils. Listen, those wrestle the those early wrestling days were wild. It was like the wild, wild west yeah. out here. Anything went, and pretty much did. Yep. Oh God. I I I I will never forget Sako. Sako. Ah. Uh. Sako. <laughs> Oh wait, wait! I gotta do it. I gotta do it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Okay, we should give a little context here for yes. Echo because he's like Sako. Okay, so Mister Sako is was is I'm never good with predicate, but basically Mister Sako was his own character that was attached to Mick Foley. Yeah, Mick Foley, mm-hmm. who is a professional Hi, wrestler. I'm exactly. That is that is exactly what Mick Foley did with Mister Sako. He would use Mister Sako and talk through him. Yes. But uh, but but to, to just show how ridiculous uh, wrestling can get, and we just all accepted it, was that uh, Mick Foley's like finisher would be taking Mr. Sacco and essentially shoving his fingers down somebody's throat. Yep. It's called the man basically, the man yeah, man to basically uh, choke him out. Yeah. Uh, okay. This dude's at the he had, he played a guy called Cactus Jack. Uh, he put a guy called uh, God. What was his name? The one with the mask. Mankind. Mankind. Oh, yes. he appeared <laughs> in boys, all three of those characters. Yes, <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> Don't look back, change, and come change out of the new character. <laughs> so, okay, so this is a good segue. So, Echo. So, just to I know what. Okay, okay. Let me put this way. I know what Royal Rumble is. I, I, I. I since our last fireside, I have done more research into wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I, sadly, not that much. I mostly used cartoons and wrestling series, which is just <laughs> basically he just basically the video game of wrestling. That's what I based off partly. So I mean, I, honestly, like it's not honestly, it's not that far off, but. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so if you think that the characters that these guys came up with it was crazy, like they're not that far off of the characters that we see <laughs> or have I, seen in professional wrestling. You can so the, my, I would say like Axel, if you listen to our, our character creation video, um 
So that's all. I originally was going to build this character completely off a of promo made in 2008 by Scott Steiner. If you listen to my original character creation, I'm like, my character is going to be the epitome of this promo. The it's booty like, man. <laughs> no, it's the math promo. Oh my in god! TNA, oh with my him, god! With him and uh, him, Kurt Angle, and Samoa Joe. That was wild. Match. That was that, wild. This character was supposed to be like one going like, "Hey, I know wrestling." Also, it'd be hilarious to build a character that's basically like Scott Steiner but extreme. And then yeah. an Axel came up, but completely different. But I thought it was funny. Um, and, one of the most wild promos I've ever seen. And then you became was, evil because I was shortly joined after. I'm not well, evil. I mean, I'm like I'm an anti-hero at this point. So, okay, so that actually brings up a good point. So throughout the course of the games since you've been here, Echo, like you briefly heard either me or somebody of these other amazing folks use the term heel and face. Yeah. So anytime uh, we ref- you are you're aware of what those two are, or at least have an inkling, right? The face is the good guy. The heel's the bad guy. I mean, you're not that far it, off. It, in simple acting terms. Yes, I forgot uh, I mean, we said it in our character creation. Basically, professional wrestling is theater, but it's also professional wrestlers are drag queens. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, yeah. yeah. I, I do have to, and uh, correct me if if I misspeak here, um, just because I haven't seen a lot of current um, a lot of the current shows, like, like you do, Mikey. But, um, it, it, I feel like nowadays there isn't that line of being a face and a heel is a lot more blurred. Like, I feel like back in the day, like you had your heels and you had your faces and that was like, that was, that was it, you know? But it, it feels like in, in nowadays in the mod, in the modern days, it's there, it's, it, it's not yeah, as like, I mean, clear cut. Like, if you look at, like, Adam Cole, I think he's right now, he's supposed to be a heel right now. But everybody fucking loves Adam Cole, especially, like, because if he does this thing, like, I'm Adam Cole, baby, everybody chants that. It's like, it's, you know, there's no booze, like, it used to be, like, when you had, like, uh, like, like Hulk Hogan, like, Ultimate Warrior versus, um, just trying to think of, like, a classic heel. Uh, I just Roddy, Roddy, my mind, but I can't. Roddy, 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 right? It would be like everybody would go ballistic when when uh, Earthquake Warrior would come out, and then people would boo the crap out of Roddy Roddy Piper. Now it's like I don't know who I'm supposed to be rooting for, Adam Page or the guy who's supposed to be the face, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the modern and because I watch a plethora, I watch way too much wrestling if it wasn't apparent enough. <laughs> but that's fine. I do it for the content, and plus I like it. But yeah, it, okay. Let me put it this way. I think if you want to, even though it's not good, I think a perfect example of somewhat sticking to the traditional classic heel and face would be the current WWE product in the sense that you can definitely tell who is your heel and who is your face. It's not good, but you could tell like perfect example. Roman Reigns and the Usos right now are your heels. The bloodline is your heels. They're like, they're the champions, they're the shits, like heels, people. It's weird because like people, you're supposed to be Roman Reigns, but I have been in crowds and people still cheer for Roman. But that's because 
This is the Roman that we got naturally, not what WWE tried to force down our throat five, six years ago. But that's a different story. We're not going to open that can of worms because we'll be here all night. But then you have people that like. Drew McIntyre right now is currently your face. He's your good guy. He's the person that's squaring up to Roman Reigns right now in the modern product. So there's that. But like I said, it's not good because unlike having Shades of Grey where anybody can go either way, it's so traditionally either heel or face and people will be flip flopping like every two weeks. It kind of loses the purpose of it. So basically in exchange of no longer very good guys or very bad bad guys, we got the greys where we can't. Now, current WWE is mostly that traditional, and I think it's a, in my opinion, it's a detriment only because people be switching between heel and face. There's no shades of grays that it doesn't allow for depth of character. And people who are anti AEW right now, this is probably the part of the podcast where you're going to want to fast forward to it. But I think AEW right now does a good because they have a lot of shades of gray characters. You have a couple people who are definitely faces and definite heels. Like MJF is a definite heel. People fucking boo him and he loves that shit. Basically, instead of everyone liking the Joker, they like the, the Flash's visions because they're more morally gray because they have some standards and everything where the Joker is just pure evil. Sure, he's fun sometimes like to read, but it's more like I'm tired of this. Yeah, with AEW, there's a lot of shades of gray where it can go either way. Most of the wrestlers on the main roster tend to lean either towards face or heel, but they can have some tendencies to either or. Like, the best way to describe it of what a good change between heel and face is, is like, I take a look at the factions in AEW, the Dark Order. When they first came out, I'll be honest, I didn't take them seriously, <laughs> but only until they got Brody Lee to be their leader. And they were kind of a heelish faction a little bit. And then unfortunately, when he passed away, they became more. They slowly gay, became more face and the crowd was behind them and they are still are. So that is a good example of how to naturally switch between heel and face and not just constantly flip flop. And then we have Impact. Oh, Impact, how I love you. <laughs> I haven't watched Impact since uh, AJ Styles was there. Listen, as the resident bisexual person in this room, Impact has good things for the eyes across the board. But I uh, also uh, say this. <laughs> I This is a hot take. I think Impact has the strongest women's booking across any company, including AEW and WWE. But that's just me. I but, believe you. Yeah. And plus, it's like if you can access access TV, it's free to watch. You don't have to really have cable for it. It's great. I'll try. But yeah, so heels and faces. All that good stuff. That We're was going- a long tangent off of managers. But yeah, truly, which is the great part about this. Well, but yeah, essentially, that's what a manager does. But yeah, go ahead. Odoho. Well, and, and along with what I what I was saying about. um or, you know, what we said about the manager being like the, the hype person and being the face for, for the wrestler, uh, you know, the back, 
back in 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 WWF, let's let's take for example, um, let's take for example, Mister Fuji, right? Uh, he was a heel manager, and he managed all the heel characters. Uh, I and I, um, I I I have to. I'm gonna double check myself, but I believe that he was the manager for the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov, two of the at the time the most hated heels in the WWF WWE at that time. I have to double check that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just check my check my sources real quick, but. They, the managers, what the, the point I'm trying to make to, to get across is that the manager did force that role that the character was playing, you know, be it heel or face. So, yeah, so that's as far as the character aspects. But without that, you also have the other half of it, which is the actual wrestling. And boy, howdy, that's just another can of worms that we should probably get into the different types of matches you will see on the cross all these promotions. <laughs> well, well, I've experienced the Royal Rumble. I've experienced the tag team. I have experienced what the coffins, apparently. Listen, coffin matches are great. I love them. And I yeah. ex- I've experienced normal matches. I'm trying to remember... I, have we done a ladder match in this yet? We did. Yeah. At at the pay per view, the tag team yeah, championships was was that Full Metal Mayhem ladder match. I think I put somebody through with the ladder. Yeah. It, a ladder match uh, has very much evolved into the tables, ladders, and chairs matches. Uh, oh. Most of the time, like straight up ladder matches, I, from what I've seen, don't, don't happen anymore. It's either it, it's usually much more stuff than just that. Ooh, Christopher, I'm gonna send you some stuff. AEW's ladder matches has been insane. Like the two recent ones, like Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara was fucking killer. And then also this past one was Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky, too. I'm going to send you clips. All right. Um, Another good match that I personally enjoyed uh, when it was a thing. I mean, it's still a thing, I think, um, were Elimination Chamber. Those are still a thing. They're not. I'm sad they're not as violent. <laughs> yeah. So Elimination Chamber was always was one of my favorites because it was there were these four pods on each of the corners, each with a different wrestler in it, and it would start out with a match between two two wrestlers. A timer would c- count down, and one of the uh, chambers will open. And that wrestler would join in on the match. It was always interesting because you'd have people that would eliminate one person and then just be standing there waiting for the next opponent to just jump out of it. <laughs> keep, keep in mind, an entire structure is lowered onto the ring. So you no longer have, uh, normally in a standard wrestling, a 20 by 20 square that has about a three foot, two and a half foot drop between the ring and the mat. This entire chamber is lowered so that you no longer have that drop anymore. And you're like, when you're wrestling, you're wrestling on steel at that point outside the ring. And it's this large dome cage as lowered over the ring. Mm-hmm. So, aka, don't use this unless necessary. It was no, use it as powers. much as possible. It's a Adolfo, 
Uh, point of information, I need to correct, I need to fact check myself. So, uh, Past Adolfo, how dare you? How dare? How why? dare you? Why, why current Adolfo? Why are you how daring me? Because, Past Adolfo, how could you forget Classy Freddy Blassie? Classy Freddy Blassie was the one that was managing Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik in the WWF era. How can you forget Classy Freddy Blassie and his cane that he would use to hit people when they came up against the, the ropes? I, I apologize, current Adolfo. I, my 45-year-old brain must be losing it. Oh, my goodness. So yeah. my famous precedent that caused me to become a permanent member has happened, but instead of a cane... It was a mask. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah. that created an amazing story moment that I wasn't prepared for, but I loved it. But yeah, I mean, that's essentially what it is. But yeah, I love the elimination chain. Well, I still do. I wish they would do it more often. And usually the most recent incarnations of it have been meh at best. Only because now they've been relegated to Saudi Arabia shows, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> I think oh, no, no, no. Watching, watching the, what's his name? The guy get F5'd off the top of me was pretty cool. Okay, yes. Uh, watching Austin Theory take that F5 from Brock Lesnar was kind of epic. <laughs> but, uh, uh, Minnie, you mentioned that my character is similar to somebody, and I forgot his name. And you, well, it wasn't Goldust. It was some, someone else was flashy. Flash is no. More recent. Used to be on Tough Enough. Uh, not, oh, not the Miz. Not the Miz. Oh, I was gonna say. I'm like, wait, wasn't it the Miz? I thought no. I no, Umbra is not giving me Miz vibes. Oof. was it? That? No, I, I'm going back in our chats <laughs> now <laughs> to see <laughs> who you mentioned. Really? So, so come back, come back to me. I had a point with this, but come back to me. Well, since we're talking about favorite stipulations, like I actually would love because Chris gave us his. I would love to hear from the rest of our panel of judges here, the professors of wrestling. What is this one of your favorite like match type of stipulations? Because I'll go I'll go last because mine's a little bit interesting. <laughs> As the newbie, I would like to put my foot out first. We're doing a Royal Rumble. It's there is some rules of how to do a b royal. Well, okay, the book can't call it a royal rumble because WWE owns that trademark. But we, it is there is rules for a battle royale or uh, taking inspiration from uh, No Holds Barred YouTube channel. Go check them out because they're great. They called it the Royal Wrangle, which I'm like, I am here. <laughs> <laughs> we could go. We could like we could kind of cause call it like. Uh, just simply a raid with everyone like breaking oh. out and of their cells and coming in. And we, if we call it the Royal Wrangle, we got to go back to our fireside chat. Is it is it a threesome or is it an orgy? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, That's well, the episode title for the, for the first half of it. it it's not a threesome. <laughs> um. So 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 I remembered who we remembered. Who, I I went back into that chat and remembered who I was talking about. John Morrison. Ooh. John um, Morrison. <laughs> And I just remembered a clip of him climbing upside down in the elimination chamber and dropping down from 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 there. To, uh, yeah. yeah, and I was like, I was like, yep, that's Umbra. Umbra would fucking do that. <laughs> oh my goodness! Sorry, th that's all I had to say. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. 
so yeah, so I mean, Royal Rumbles are really fun. Um, and I will say, like, the Royal Rumble is one of the few big four WWE pay per views I still look forward to every year because the rest of the card could be crap, but it's always just a fun gimmicky type of match, especially when you get like the legends of wrestling involved in it. They're not going to win, but it's fun to see like people you haven't seen forever. Yes, Chris. So interesting questions for those who have a lot more history knowledge when it comes to wrestling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Has there, uh, because as I remember, uh, uh, with WWE and Royal Rumbles, Rumbles, uh, everyone pretty much fought for the last spots because that gave them an e- better, an easier chance to win. Or when you think about it, have we had a winner of the Royal Rumble Rumble that was like one of the first people to come out and Didn't last uh, the entire time? Uh, Ray uh, at number two. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So uh, Ray is the only one I think that still holds that record. I think no, recently somebody else just broke it. I know Sean's a big one at two as well. Um, let me let me put it this way: technically, not an official. He is correct, but I, as I said, I was watching cartoons and I was watching the Royal Rumbles. Uh, one of the characters, Quincy, I believe, started from the beginning and lasted the whole match. And I believe that there was. How many fighters in there? Gorilla, it de- squirrel. It usually okay, depends. Go ahead. From the first two slots. So Michael's in 95. Man in 99. Forgot about that. Will enter number one while McMahon will enter number two. And hey, uh, back in 1992, Ric Flair was number three. So that's still good. <laughs> yeah, the Royal Rumble, like I said, is one of my favorite gimmick matches. And I... The, only just because of the current roster they have, my favorite Royal Rumbles within the last three years have actually been the women's Royal Rumbles, only because the fact that you can now get like legendary female wrestlers to be a part of this, too. I think because I have especially with WWE, like the 2000s women's like I have to give them credit because they put up with a lot of crap <laughs> in terms of how they were booked. Like, so I I got to give it up to, like, the big names like Trish Stratus and Lita and Mickey James and even some of the lesser known women like Jazz. I don't care what nobody says. I fucking love Jazz. She's great. Like Jazz, Shaniqua, uh, like all the women, they put up with a lot. Yeah, especially during the Attitude Era. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> oh, my God. Ooh, Lest we forget the bra and panties matches. <laughs> oh, yeah. That we still had one of those with like AJ Lee and shit when it was still. That that blew my fucking mind. I'm like, we are past this era. Why are we bringing this back? 14 or some shit. OK, so like really quickly, I'm going to go on a tangent real quick. <laughs> I'm going to go on a rant. So bear with me. Another rant. Here we go. OK, so recently. Uh, former, former, formerly known as WWE, former WWE wrestler Ember Moon, who is going by Athena now. She did an interesting interview where she the last few months she was there. She didn't like the direction where the women's division was going in NXT 
because they sat in meetings with all the women and they were told to dress sexier. And I'm starting to see it more and more with the rebrand of WWE's NXT brand. And I'm like, I don't like this. Oh, it's part of the Hold society. Up. I'm going to send a picture of what I mean. So don't get me wrong. I love Nikita Lyons, this new women talent. Like she's jujitsu. She'll kick your face in. Like, I love her. I don't know what she wears is what you can constitute as ring gear, but I'm going to post that in a little bit. But that's my tiny rant. I don't like the direction of where the women's roster is going. Carry on. I am here for the wild ride, people. This is getting wilder and wilder the deeper we go. Like, uh, uh, we talk a lot about the theatrics. It was super, it was super corny um, and still kind of is. But that was the joy of it. And that's how, for me, when I was a kid, got into it. Because it was, it it was like almost watching a cartoon sometimes. (laughs) And then it it just grew up with us. And like, for, for a lot of us, there is the fact that, there, there are folks who like wrestling, and then there are also folks like me that like it for the nostalgia fact of it too. Okay, let me put it this way: here for in this wrestling podcast, this is theater, not wrestling. Oh, it totally is. No, I no, get it. Wrestling you're, is you're one hundred percent correct. I'm gonna I, assume that face you made, Chris, was you saw the picture that I posted. Yeah. Um. Uh. Uh. What the fuck is that outfit? What the what is that? Okay, so let me preface. Okay, so for okay. so for the audio podcast listeners out what there, the so what I so what I posted in chat, um, and now I want to preface by saying this: I love the talent in Nikita Lyons. Like I think she's amazing. I've seen her jujitsu work, and she. She's basically like what WWE is looking for in terms of bringing in actual trained fighters and making them professional wrestlers. I think she has the talent and she still needs a little more training, but she's a she has a bright future ahead of her. What I don't appreciate is her ring gear or the lack of, if you will. I'm like, I don't like this. (laughs) I think she's beautiful. And if that if it was her choice to dress like that, then more power to her. I'm not going to shame a woman for wanting to flaunt what she got. But if this is what NXT 2.0, unfortunately, becomes, I don't I can't in good faith watch because I'm like, why are we regressing? You're, it's like not even taking one step forward, two steps back. It's like taking no steps forward and taking all the steps back. Because then when they get transitioned to main roster, what's going to happen it's like, are we going to keep this gimmick? Are you going to rebrand them? Because, like, there are only so many women that I know that would be willing to go along with this. Like, if I look at main roster, I know Rhea Ripley ain't going to be wearing this because she will fight people. And she, listen, Rhea Ripley, how you doing, babe? If you ever listen to this, call me. Love you. <laughs> Hold up. I'm going to post, like, the way, she <laughs> pins pe- the way she pins people in the ring. I'm like, I'm slightly turned on. <laughs> oh, God. Po- it's great. But no. So, yeah, to go back to this again, if this was Nikita's Lions's choice to wear this, then more power to her. But if she's only doing it because she doesn't want to lose her job, like, girl, like this is not practical. <laughs> I'm sorry. Rant over. We're getting off track. I saw that outfit. I was like, I was like, honey, that looks like something straight off of the workroom at RuPaul's. 
I did, tell me I'm wrong. You're tell not. me You're I'm wrong. <laughs> Squish my head like a watermelon, please. <laughs> oh no, she is off. She is beautiful, and like, I w- listen. Thick thighs, safe lights, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't mind that. It's just I'm thinking of the practicality. I was just like, we don't, we don't need this. Yeah, yeah. That it, I was like, Mandy definitely... Rose, Mandy Rose already does this. We don't need more women doing it. That's just I, me. But if if this is what she wants to do, like, I'm all supportive for her. <laughs> I choose to make no comment about this. That is fair. Uh, what favorite match stimulation types? <laughs> I thought you said simulation because I'm like this picture is or currently, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, oh man, match stipulations. There's, there's so many. Oh. Mine's the Japanese extreme Japanese death match. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I was, was going to say if you bring up the exploding barbed wire death match, I was just like, I'm gonna look I at you and be like. I thought about saying that, but I was like, I don't, I don't want to confuse Echo more. Mine's are, I, I, I like Iron Man matches. Or Iron, Iron Man matches, matches are fun. Iron Man. Uh, I'm even more confused by the term Iron Man matches. It's a sixty minute. It's a sixty minute match. Whoever is the most pinfall at the end of the match wins. Yeah. Oh. And then in, so it's, an it, it's great. And then last man standing is like what it is. Is, is that usually you keep going until somebody can't stand no more yep. and doesn't you get up. Uh, yeah, you missed the yep. 10 count. Got it. Which actually leads into one of my new recent favorite stipulations, which is a play off of The Last Man Standing, the Texas Death Matches. Well, I, there's always a variation, but the one example I'm going to use is the one that Impact used at, not too long ago in January for their Hard to Kill pay-per-view between Deanna Parazzo and Mickey James. The way that a Texas death match works, according to those rules, is basically like a glorified street fight. Anything goes, but you must pin your opponent first, and then they have to miss the 10 count in order for you to win. Mm. So those okay. women went at it. They killed each other. Mickey James got busted open with one of the like carts that houses all the lights and everything. Diablo got a guitar smashed across her head. It was insane. But and then there was thumbtacks involved. It was it was glorious. One of my favorites, another favorite stipulation of mine, and it's so simple, but for some reason, I just enjoyed it is just straight up uh, submission matches. Just yeah, just no pins. Pins will not win it. You have to submit. And it, those get some of the most like you could see the energy they're putting into it you see the like yes we know we know a lot of the scripting behind it and and the card and everything but at the same time it's also like um it's it's such an interesting match because it's less of hitting them at the right time and more of endurance yep and that's what that kind of made me think of too longer my um I'd have to say my favorite stipulation is uh, the unmasking. Yes, we're going. Yep. So uh, to give to give context um, to those that might not know much about wrestling in the world at large, uh, wrestling in Latin American culture is very big, very big. And uh, in Latin America, it's called uh, Lucha Libre. 
and uh, the luchadors, which are what the wrestlers are called, uh, uh, a lot of them, they wear these masks, and this whole persona is built around these masks, and, and to say that the mask is their life is, n I would say, it's be safe to say that it's not an understatement. Um, to the point that, like, they're, they run these stipulation matches where the loser has to take off their mask. And when the luchador takes his mask off, it's such a, it's such a traumatic, like, uh, dis disheartening thing that a lot of luchadors end up retiring after they, oh. they lose their mask, because that's, oh. that's how important the luchador mask is, uh, to a luchador. So it's kind of like when a sumo loses their top nut. Technically, they could still do so sumo, but they just usually retire because it's such a disheartening thing. I could be completely wrong on this. I just this that's what hit me with my mindset. I could be wrong with this. You are along the same. Yeah, you're 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 I you you're getting there. You're getting there. Um, I, 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 I'm hitting the, I'm hitting the dot. Yes. Like, I understand the concept, but it's like, I, but I have to look through it through something else <laughs> to get it, sadly. Wasn't there a luchador, he wrestled for like 45 years or something like that, and he, was, he wore a silver mask, and he was in movies and everything, and the dude never took off his mask. Um, yes. He's very, like, very, oh, I just cannot remember his name. He's in Coco. Um, I believe they have his skeleton in Coco. As well, so I mean, this kind of piggybacks off what you were saying, Adolfo. So this past weekend, um, Sunday, I went over to a friend's house, and me and to my friend and another friend of ours, the three of us just got together and we were watching wrestling pay per views to kind of hang out, and they wanted to do that for my birthday, but we just happened. This is like, okay, what are we going to watch? And so we ended up watching, um the latest like triple a pay-per-view which if those of you who are new to this triple a is a big lucha libre company out of mexico um and if you are a fan of wrestling so a lot of the stars in aew they also wrestle in trip uh triple a lucha libre so like penta uh phoenix and even some of the other wrestlers, you know, like Johnny Mundo, a.k.a. John Morrison, Taya Valkyrie is there. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti were there <laughs> at this pay-per-view. But I know so I know of Lucha Libre, but I didn't know until I watched this pay-per-view that Triple A has this like annual tournament of I forgot what it's called. The Oh, the Rolex. De muerta. So essentially, it's like that. So all the luchadors are putting their mask on the line. So if you lose, you have yeah. to keep going into the tournament. And if you end up in the finals and lose, you have to take off your mask. And it's just like, that's it. I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm like, yep. that is insane. Yeah, there's um, there's actually on um, I saw uh, on Amazon, I believe uh, there is a whole special on Mexican Lucha Libre and the the mask and and the 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 weight that the mask carries for uh the luchadors um and it's it's actually i think it's only like an hour long it's a documentary um it's definitely 
if if you're interested in the sport and like different in different um facets of the sport uh of wrestling i definitely i i would definitely check it out i for the life of me i can't remember the name of it but <laughs> it's, a, it's also interesting like as someone who plays games it's also interesting like what some people might do for example in the game for honor they combine the concept of the luchador with the mask with their heavy fighter from basically the Japanese tribe, which is the Shigoki. They never have the Shigoki without their mask on. Like, mm. that's what, what identifies a Shigoki as a Shigoki to most players. But that's one of the tenets of, like, Lucha Libre. So, like, don't, if you were to break down, like, the professional wrestling world, like, Lucha Libre in general, at least from the what I know about it historically, and just the few things that I've seen, I would it's interesting to see because the way that people view professional wrestling around the world is so different. Like here in America, it's I mean, it's entertaining across the world. But like, for instance, there's such a big code of honor in Lucha Libre. Like one of the main tenants is like honor and family and all that stuff. And so like it's operates on a different set of rules. Like it's entertaining to watch. But uh, for a lot of the Lucha Libres, it's like life and death. Like what the, when they don the mask that's like th- their life right there so it makes sense for like when a lot of lucha libres they retire they lose their mask because it's the source of like the honor and pride of you know a legacy is now gone because they got shunned but the mask being taken off and then also it's interesting too to see british style wrestling too because there's a lot of like more subtle nuances I like British wrestling because it's dirty. Like, it's not clean. Like, it's... And even though it's part of the WWE brand, NXT UK is such a different beast than all the other NXT, like, than the American roster shows because it's so gritty and dirty and not clean, but it is so cool to watch. And just even the nuances, too. Like, I know a lot of the British wrestlers in WWE and even across the other promotions like a lot of the british wrestlers before they enter the ring they wipe their feet before entering the mat and like getting into this ring as a sense of like being respectful and then even like japanese wrestling too like new japan uh startup like i see a lot of the wrestlers and a good example of this is like they like get to the rope they bow touch their forehead to the rope before getting in it's so interesting to see how wrestling is viewed by the professional wrestlers across the world and just the different nuances that come with it. Speaking of wrestlers around the world and just the nuances, this is going to be the tough question because there's so many. What are some of your guys' favorite matches? Oh, man. Um, And it doesn't have to just be one. It could be a couple and you can give a reason why. (laughs) I can go first Uh, if everyone wants to. You're making me consult the archives. Okay, um, if I'll go first. What have you seen is my question. Daniel Devera winning the Ohio Championship. They're done. Oh, we're going, like, the local levels. Okay, I'm here for that. Um, Support your local wrestling federations, everyone. I did actual wrestling. That's the thing. 
I, I I have something to say about uh, professional wrestling, but I mean, sorry, uh, local wrestling. But we'll get back to it after we talk about this. Okay. Yeah, I, you, I you, you, Mikey, you probably know who I'm going to bring up. Maybe, and, but do you do you want to go first? Then is that what you're telling me? No, no, no. This is I, this doesn't correlate with my favorite match or anything. I'm still thinking about that, but this uh, is a okay. different topic. Yeah, okay. yeah. The only reason why I'm supporting Daniel Rivera is I I've wrestled with him. I did actual wrestling, weirdly. So, yeah, <laughs> he was the best, and his whole family's into it. That's why I'm like, he did it. He won. I'm grateful for him. Sure, I may have fallen out, but that was money situations and that type of problem. I would have stayed probably, but when I got out, I still support the whole team who who went on. That's awesome. I love that. Again, support your local wrestlers. Go for it. So the first two were WWE matches. It's Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker, WrestleMania 25 and WrestleMania 26. And then Kenny Omega versus Katsuga Wrestle Kingdom 11. Oh my god, that match was bonkers. Those were uh, probably some of my all-time favorite wrestling matches. Weird! So I love Rey Mysterio. I grew up during John Cena's big push, so I was a big John Cena fan, but those are probably some of my favorite matches. Oh my goodness. This, this get- is a tough... Yeah. Go I, have for it. The, I have to. No, I have to get the particulars, because uh, I, I like. I can name like the events that happened in the matches. Um, uh, so the first one that comes to mind for me is when when Hulk Hogan won the heavyweight title, the first time. Uh, that was just I. I just like. I just remember, like the end of that match, and like, you know his theme song was playing i am a real american you know and like he was he's in the middle of the ring and he's holding it up and i remember little 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 uh uh adolfito he he you know he was like yeah eat my vitamins you know um so that uh when the cage match when mick foley went through the roof when he oh, wasn't supposed to undertaker versus yeah, um, I think so. But that was uh, just because like watching it and seeing Mick Foley climb up to the top. Right. And you're sitting here and you're like, oh, this dude's crazy. This dude's crazy. And then he f- he fell through the top because and it wasn't it was it, 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 it wasn't a stunt. It was an actual like there. it was a real um uh uh i guess failure in the uh in in the um in the the cage that he fell from the top of the steel cage all the way and hit the ground and you were just like what just happened and everyone it was amazing like everyone you could see everyone like from the announcers to who he was wrestling just kind of like sat there and like was like the fuck do i do now (laughs) type thing you know um, yes, Undertaker, Mankind, nineteen ninety eight. This was after he just already threw him off the cage. Yep. He got back up top and he took a him through the cage onto the mat, and yep. Undertaker legitimately thought he killed him. Yep. Yep. That's right. Yep. Um. The, that uh, was. I, I. All I'm gonna say is that was actually the the match I was thinking about and trying to find the information for. Thank you. Yes, I will ditto everything you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Montreal screw job 
that was uh that's another one that that sticks out in my uh in my Oof. in my mind very much so scandalous um, <laughs> yeah yeah, they're yeah. Literally a classic older wrestling. I would say another really good old one for me, like older match it for me, would be uh, uh, Razor and Blade. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that was a good yeah. one. I'll also, good I'll one. also throw out there only because it debuted uh, one of my other favorite wrestlers, um, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, 1997, Hell in a Cell. Oh, Kane's yes. appearance? Kane's appearance, yeah. <laughs> Because Shawn Michaels is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, so um, that one definitely stuck out for me. But I loved Kane as kind of the antithesis, the opposite to Undertaker. I love those wild characters. I don't know why. <laughs> I um, I really can't pinpoint a match, but anytime Jake the Snake Roberts put the DDT and then like he got his snake out and put it on top of the the person that he knocked out, that was always fantastic. That was always fantastic. Um, Anytime either Shawn Michaels or Randy Orton or something like that hit their finisher out of nowhere, I always pop for that. Just the out of nowhere finishers, I love seeing those. It's out of nowhere super kicks, the RKOs, the spears. Just so like, oh, he's going for a move, and he's dead. He just so, killed him. Okay. So really quickly, one of my favorite RKO out of nowhere moments is still from WrestleMania. Uh, and I've shared this before. Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins goes for the curb stomp. And literally, as he's coming down with the curb stomp, Randy Orton just pops up, sending Rollins into the air and then just grabs him and gives him an RKO. And then I come to find out recently from an interview that Seth did, they tried to practice it so many times they couldn't get it. And that on the actual show, that was the first time they got it perfect. So nice. Randy Orton just like losing his mind and then going for the cover all of a sudden is just like that's authentic. Randy be like, holy shit, we did it. He <laughs> broke character for a little bit and then went for the pin. Evan, when he hit the the uh, the off the RKO off the airborne, Evan Bourne did that uh, did the uh, shooting star press to caught the RKO. Evan Bourne, when, he bro. when he owed Mark Henry and did the jumping splits. I remember that. I might it's get great. I might get a, a, a little a, a little stuff from the internet world at large for this, but like the the people's elbow, anytime the rock dropped the people's elbow, that was just wow. Like I again, I can't give you a pim a, a match specifically, but every time I just. He, there's a reason why he was called the most electrifying man in sports entertainment because like every time he, he queued up for that people's elbow, man, ah, I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, yeah, drop it, drop it, drop it. And then he would just, boom, it was like, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was so good. So good. So as a quick side note on that, we're all in agreement that the rock is losing at WrestleMania next year to Roman reigns, right? Yeah. So, okay. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but, they would be WWE would be losing potential money, especially since it's going to be in Los Angeles next year. So here's mm. hoping that I get to go. But it's in Los Angeles. You cannot have not have the Rock faces cousin Roman, especially since Rock is now a movie star. It has to happen. It, it has to be the Rock yet. or John Cena, one of the two. Well, Roman already beat John Cena, so next is to take out the Rock, bro. <laughs> yeah. 
But I think what so what I'm hoping so I'm gonna go on a tangent a little bit. I've been watching John Cena since he debuted back in 2002, uh, when I was four. So I've been watching John Cena for a very very long time. Um, I want to see John come back and become an absolute fucking monster heel to beat the Ric Flair record of 22 titles, or the, to get that 16th the 16th title. I want to see him just become an absolute like edge level heel. And just go after Roman Reigns. I think that would be the craziest thing on the planet, and I would love to see that because I've mean, I've watched John Cena for. I always like come back, run through the locker. Oof, the poor Nexus man. They never stood a chance. Nope. And it sucked because they were a great like heel faction, and then Super Cena destroyed them. Not as um, bad. As Super. That's Cena what he was called. Reign of Terror. Not as what? bad as not as bad Tri- as uh, Triple H. Triple H. Oh God! But it was bad. I mean, Ooh. him and Randy I got Mr. Kennedy fired. I I I loved classic Triple H, but listen, we all agree that the Reign of Terror was horrible. Now, when he became NXT like overseer Triple H, I was like, okay, I can get behind this man's right here. But the Reign of Terror, I'm a dad. Yeah, <laughs> Hunter became a dad, and I was here for him. And Shawn Michael became dads. They were the quintessential gay dads of wrestling we didn't know we needed. Yes, really, Regal was the British uncle in that mix. Oh, I miss them I all. Seeing, I love with uh, with Brian Danielson and uh, John Boxley. Oh my gosh, the Blackpool Combat Club, like, bro, and exact again. I like what AEW is doing because they're bringing up the younger talent, like. John Moxley versus Wheeler Yuta on a random ass rampage was such a good match. <laughs> How are you liking Dan Housen right now? I think uh, he's hilarious. I love him. Okay, so like, I love having this conversation with people, especially for people who didn't watch Ring of Honor, because I have known about Dan Housen for the longest time, because again, I would watch Ring of Honor, so I know all the shenanigans. He is like the Zack Ryder, where Everyone loves his internet content and it has just trans kind of like translated into just popularity and wrestling in general. I find him fucking hilarious. <laughs> He's great. And I you know whenever conversation 50 minutes ago. <laughs> you're just like, I'm just like, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. It's okay. You're just listening to us the ramble, but you know yeah. when it happens when Danhausen and Hook become that eventual tag team. Oh, it's gold, gold. <laughs> He's I've never seen such a small guy be such a big badass in wrestling, and I love it. And the fact that Taz, well, I mean, I guess it wouldn't surprise me. The fact that he is Taz's actual child is great too. Oh my goodness! All right, so I think I'll finish this off real quick here. So. <sighs> I'm like Adolfo. I don't have too many. It's hard for me to pick a favor, but if I had to pick some like standout moments, like I mentioned previously, uh, a ladder match between uh, Undertaker and Jeff Hardy is one of my favorites. Um, I think the match at Armageddon where Jeff Hardy won the championship is great. Um... And then, of course, I have a couple memorable ones, but one of the more recent ones that has happened in the last three years, only because of the personal attachment I have to it, was WrestleMania two years ago. Main event of night one, Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair for the women's title. 
those two put on a spectacular match was it the greatest no but i consider it one of my favorites only because like i said the personal attachment i have to it because that match was the last one i got to watch with my grandmother before she passed away and so that was one of the things we bonded over was is that she came from the era where she watched all the lucha libre stuff from mexico and so to come to find out that she's like oh yeah i've been watching this forever i'm like grandma you're more cooler than i am but that match has some personal attachment to it just because it was the last thing I got to watch with her before she got sick and passed away shortly thereafter. But I'm always looking at like matches and I'm like, I know across all the board, there's some great matches. It's just that there's too many talent and I watch too many to pinpoint. I'll be like, this is the standard. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm going to ask a question. What are some of y'all favorite modern day wrestlers and classic legend level wrestlers? Oh God! <laughs> this and is where joke wrestler, a comedic wrestler. What's your favorite comedic wrestler? Oh God, this is this is gonna be horrible because people, this is where the fights are gonna happen. <laughs> people are gonna gonna ask us. So I might as well ask the question now. That's true. So, uh, for um, joke, and yes, I consider this one a joke character. Mankind. 150%, especially since I got to meet him. Uh, <laughs> um, I would say Legend would have to be um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I used to run around my house and, and, and have two cups of water and do the whole beer thing <laughs> and make a mess all over my house. <laughs> um... And for modern, modern is hard for me because I really haven't kept up with the modern uh, wrestlers too much. However, I will say just in terms of my own viewing history of this wrestler uh, throughout multiple generations, I've got to go with The Miz. And mostly because I've followed them from real world and tough enough to now so and and that's really the, the the one i would have to say but i'm really unfamiliar with a lot of the more modern day ones as for my answers is i don't know <laughs> that is fair like, all the know? more re listen all the more reason to eventually we're gonna figure this out one day we're all gonna get together and we're gonna watch one of these pay-per-views together <laughs> let me put it this way the only legend I could maybe put out there that that I would support because my because my cousins absolutely loved them was the Undertaker. That is fair. Undertaker was fantastic. I I, I want to say their names, but I'm being kind, so I'm just trying to not say them. It's so hard to do. It's yeah. fun. Don't worry about it. We, but Undertaker's a good choice. Mini, what do you got? Oh, uh, I'm gonna say my favorite modern day wrestler right now is Kenny Omega. Um, my favorite joke wrestler is early 2000s, late 90s Goldust. I'll uh, agree with that too. Like, I like, like mankind, mankind's number one, but Goldust is number two. <laughs> mostly because Shattered Dreams is one of my all-time favorite finishing moves. Just the hardcore punch of the balls was just fantastic. <laughs> and like classic, like legend, it's a tie. I mean, it's it's like a it's a tie between like 
like I want to say Goldberg, but he's still wrestling right now. Um, but I like I loved a mix of like Batista, Kurt Angle, uh, Eddie Guerrero, uh, those guys. So it's 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 hard to pick the legend that I really like. This is definitive my favorite. But I, I know like Batista is definitely up there. Um, uh, here's the problem with me because I watch way too many promotions and I have way too many attachments. This one's going to be tough. But if I had to pick, so if I had to pick modern, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I'm going to do one. I'm going to do male and female. So my favorite modern male wrestler right now. I would have to say I have to say I agree with many. I would have to go with Kenny Omega for me. My favorite. I know. And it's tough because there's so many good ones like John Mox, like the big stars like Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Adam Cole, Hangman Page. uh, Real quick. Did you watch the uh, there's a guy named Dr. Bo Hightower? He just did a, he does chiropractic videos with professional rep like the bottom he did one with Kenny Omega that he also did a full interview with him. So it's a very behind the scenes interview with Kenny Omega mm-hmm. as as he's getting fucked up. <laughs> and it I saw it, it was great. And it, it was nice to see uh insight into Kenny as a person just like outside of the cafe. But okay, if I had to pick women, ooh, this one's tough, but I have a bias. I have to go with Bianca Belair is probably my favorite modern women's wrestler. Only because I think, and I'm going to give WWE credit, even though I give them a lot of shit half the time. The way that WWE builds their stars, Bianca is the perfect example of how to do it right, in my opinion. Like, from her whole journey from NXT to main roster, minus the hiccup of her losing in like 16 seconds to Becky at SummerSlam. But I'm going to forgive that because she has the title back now. (laughs) But she's my favorite modern. As far as legend, I have to go with I have to go with Eddie Guerrero. Like that's my favorite legend of all time, just because of the personal connection I have with Eddie Guerrero. In the sense of like that was one of the first wrestlers that I was like, oh, he looks like me. I got this. This is this is cool. Uh, legend female is such a cliche. Well, not really. It depends on who you talk to. My favorite legend, and she's still wrestling now, is, and I feel like she doesn't get the credit that a lot of the other legends do. I have to give it to Mickey James. Mickey James is my favorite female legend. China is a close second, but Mickey James uh, is. I love China. China. She was the first, is a close like, second. Like, and, she, and she was my introduction where she can. Re- and I love China for the sense that she mingled it up with the men too and it's like we don't get to see that i love when the female wrestlers i love the intergender wrestling that's one of my favorite things to watch when it's done right like perfect example in impact jordan grace i think she can take on the women's roster and she could take on the dudes as well it's great and then if, go if ahead if i have to go like favorite, favorite female wrestlers I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume she's. I'm gonna say she's a legend because uh, because I like her. Uh, Paige. Paige is uh, a legend in my book. Two reasons. Uh, one, when she debuted, is when the whole like shift in female wrestling kind of happens. Um, two, and I had a huge crush on her wife when she first debuted. I fucking loved her. I thought she was the prettiest thing on the planet. Um, 
moderate Rhea Ripley because uh, mommy. <laughs> and for me, for me, as we know, my answer already. I don't know. Uh, we're again. We're gonna get you to watch one of these pay per views. We're all gonna watch a pay per view together. We're gonna give our hey, be like mystery fights going to WrestleMania in LA together. Let's go. Listen, if we can make it work, I am so fucking down. I mean, I'm going anyways, but I would love to go with friends. Oh my god, if we dress as our characters. Lord have mercy. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We need to have we we need to have our cold club shirts by then. We need to. Someone, Just free advertising. Me, okay, if I go there, there's gonna I'm gonna need to play I'm gonna teach you guys how to play Magic the Gathering first off. <laughs> oh, of course, we'll make a whole weekend out of it. We'll and, hang out. You teach second. us that, and we'll teach you. Well, probably what we'll do is we'll rent an Airbnb or get a hotel that's actually closer to the venue because it's like t- traffic from my house to LA is ridiculous. Because in general, between here and LA, it's two hours. But if you add in traffic, you're looking at four or five hours. So we're going to get to know each other very well. So I'm pretty sure, more than likely, we'll find a place out in LA to stay. For the weekend and go. Second off, I'm gonna have to buy a a Japanese theater mask if we're gonna do the cosplay thing. Just we came back and she wears one. Oh, how can I forget? She's also one of my favorite modern female wrestlers. She needs treat her better. WWE. How dare you? But she actually wears a Japanese theater mask. Oh, honey. I'm a, we'll post a picture in chat, but yeah, she, she when she makes her entrance, she comes out in a mask. It, it's great. But to she finish, does the green mist. yes. Uh, hopefully, she can start doing it now that you know things are being a little loose now. Because I remember during pandemic, she couldn't do that because uh, spinning people's faces is a big no no. But anyways, uh, okay. And then joke. Ooh, this one's tough. Favorite jo- male joke. Oh God, Doctor Santina Morella. We don't talk about Santina. <laughs> okay, okay, no, actually, Santina's is really, really funny. Though I was a little upset at, I wasn't upset at him. I was upset at WWE when Santina made the entrance into the Royal Rumble. I'm like, mm, maybe not, because <laughs> I believe that was the first one, like the first female Royal Rumble when Santina came in. I'm like, mm, maybe we shouldn't, but you know, uh. Obviously, Danhausen is a good modern example as a joke character that I love. Uh, as far as a, uh, uh, as far as joke character for like old school, I think, and technically it's not really a joke, but like when Kurt Angle was like in the midst of him having a fucking like full on <laughs> mental breakdown. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a good one. Another really good one that I forgot about, but I'm kind of mad at myself because so I loved him. Sean Helms, the hurricane. Oh my god. It's the hurricane. Hurricane's the, great. I love it. The fact that he's beaten The Rock and Triple H at different events. Oh man. And then I can't really think of any joke female characters. There's not very many and good on most. I guess if I had to pick a joke character, I guess an AEW would be uh, Leva Bates, the librarian, the librarian, <laughs> I guess is a joke character. But that's even for a stretch. 
But yeah, those are. Oh, and then one other legend that I really like that I can't believe I completely forgot to mention. Um, and this is a hot take only because I saw him recently wrestle at GCW and he still got it is X-Pac. Read the one, two, three kid. Of course he does. It never stops. Again, honey, we are going to get you into this wrestling. Hey, if we go, hey, if we do WrestleMania next year, the Airbnb, I think somebody here has got the WWE network. We have all the matches you can watch. Oh, God. I got the Peacock, so we're going to sit you down. <laughs> okay. You are going to learn today. And to the uh, listen audience podcast, if you want to fund this uh, adventure for the DNT Vibe Tribe, you can. Uh, we'll start a GoFundMe, start a Venmo. Like, guys, don't, guys, don't, don't do this for to me, please. We'll, we'll oh. make an OnlyFans. Oh, I'm in fucking hell. What the what? <laughs> listen, no. I'm like, what? yes, yes, fund this, please. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. We're going to start OnlyFans, but we're going to go on the avenue of, like, Zelina. So we think it's going to be some sexy feet pics. But then it's just us cosplaying our, like, characters. <laughs> no, no. Keep going. That's right. It's, gonna be, it's supposed to be sexy, but it's actually... I mean, it still won't be because John is the slightly around. So it's always going to be slightly around. <laughs> Listen, if everyone is down on it, we need to make, like, a fireman-style calendar with our characters. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, here's here's the key question about that calendar. <laughs> okay, hear me out. Or is it the D D vibe tribe sexiest art characters? Or is it just worldwide wrestling sex, sexiest characters? <laughs> wait, I can't wait. I can't wait till John and Aldolfo come back and listen to this pitch. <laughs> No, we're going to tell them next time we get together, be like, guys, we're do honestly, just as a joke. I was like, listen, all vibe tribe. We're going to do a sexy calendar. All work of our characters. And all yes. Oh, my goodness. Characters are very sexy. What? Calendar. We need to do the whole club shirts. Yeah, so I'm still working on that. So we're, we're getting there slowly, but we're getting there. But I think this is. Now that we've talked about sexy calendars, I think this is a good point to stop in this episode. So, ladies well, and gentlemen, we don't I, know if the sexy calendar is happening, but stay tuned. Can, can I? Can I? Can I just say one? One? Well, wait. Are we ending? Or are we keep? Well, we're, we're getting towards the end of it, so we could still okay. go for like another minute or two. Because, because I was gonna say to go back to the local wrestling stuff, as well as what talent would you like to see, like? I'd be curious you would like to see come on to a guest on Friday Night Fights that we can add when we publish this episode. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, a- I, 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 and, and Mikey knows who this person is. I want to get Joey Mayberry on here. I think he would oh be absolutely fucking fantastic. The dad bod demigod? The dad bod demigod. Yes, please. He would be fantastic Honest? for this. He so was originally what? he was originally who I modeled Umbra uh uh from, but then the story went the way it did and it completely changed. But that was pretty much who I was modeling this from <laughs> originally. Honestly, like I would lose my mind because like I so if you don't so for for all of you in here this call and then for those listening to this bonus like 
episode. Joey Mayberry is one third of the trio uh, on Ring the Bell on YouTube. Go check them out. I love it because they cover they pretty much just cover women's wrestling in general. So I love their stuff. They have some great interviews. Like, I really love the interview they did with Gail Kim, who is my all time favorite women's wrestler all time. Fight me. Um, (laughs) Her and Awesome Kong, man, had one of my favorite rivalries in women's professional wrestling. But anyways. But yeah, so there's a guy that I see him all the time, all over TikTok and everything. He's a. Uh, he's a tackling championship and like a local scene, but I can't remember his name. I'm trying to find him. I love to him because he's super, super cool. I watch his videos. He's like a wrestling vlogger and he calls himself a weird. We really <laughs> need to like reach out to these people and get them on because that hey. j- just as like a guest for an episode and have them create their personas as characters in the game for, for like a one shot. Hey, <laughs> hey everyone, listen. After the after they listen to the, our next post episode where we only talk about RPGs, sort of Magic the Gathering podcast. Yes, yes. Honestly, uh, if you guys want to start that, you can by all means do so. I can just give you the space to do it. Y'all can record and then uh, no, just no, give me the episodes uh, my, to edit. No, Mikey, we're pulling you into the Magic podcast. No, because yes. I love you all, but that is not in my interest, nor my wallet oh, will not be no. happy. Oh, 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 no. I, I'm i dragging you in there. You're dragging me into this wrestling. I'm dragging you into Magic. There but is I am the founder of the Vi Tribe. I have the ultimate veto power. No. <laughs> which, which, by the way, for those of you uh, into Magic, uh, it's been a quite while, but I am totally buying... Uh, this coming up, this coming up, Pride Across the Multiverse, uh, Secret Lair. Yeah, they're doing a they're doing a Pride pack, and they basically redesigned a whole bunch of their cards, um, for Pride. I am totally getting it. Well, we can talk about that off this this, this episode, but I just want to put that out there because it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, wait, wait, LGBT. Okay, so now, now I have to reach out to these people because now we cannot. I've shared this with you guys, and this will be kind of like a good ending point to this. Like my ultimate dream with worldwide wrestling, other than for us getting to a convention to just have regular people see the our crazy ass shenanigans. My ultimate dream would to like my ultimate guest would be to have an actual wrestler i mean not to say that joey and them are not wrestlers but like from the major companies my ultimate goal would be to get xavier woods on this thing that is my ultimate goal like okay okay i'm gonna put an impossible goal out there and if it happens i'll be impressed get us john cena or the rock (laughs) so here's the thing like i love setting the bar high but i'm also a realist that unless you can connect me with their agents i and we don't have a lot of funds to have them happen, but like my ultimate, I aim for Xavier Woods because he is a nerd. He is a geek. It is well known. Up, up, down, down is probably one of my favorite things to have come up as side projects for these professional wrestlers. And the fact that he's on motherfucking G4 now, bro, that's an ultimate win. Xavier Woods, if you ever listen to this, please Please come out and even if you're not playing, like if you just want to say hi, if you want to just, you know, tell us that we're doing a great job, I will take a five second video. Just 
Xavier Woods, I love you. <laughs> Dude, even if you slam us and everything, it'll still be enjoyable. Hey, I said to Mikey, if we ever meet up in person, I'll go through a table. If his big suits, he can put me through a table. <laughs> and on that lovely note, that is where we're going to end this uh, bonus episode. Thank you all for tuning in and just listening to a bunch of nerds talk about wrestling. It is a great time. But there's a reason why we love running this tabletop RPG, because we are all fans of wrestling. So when we come back with next episode, we will be starting proper into our next pay-per-view, which we have dubbed the Resurrection Arc. So Resurrection pay-per-view. So until next time, take care of each other. Love one another. And as always, let the good times roll. See you later. See you later.